It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You got to be disappointed. We played terribly. I mean, it's got nothing to do with it. At this level, uh, there's just certain things that you have to do. You know, you got to run back on defense. We didn't. You got to be able to get your defense organized. We didn't. You know, you got to be, uh, be able to play with some pace and force offensively. We didn't. So, you know, we got hammered on the glass. I mean, uh, so, you know, look, without those three guys, it's going to be hard. You still have to play well. You have to play well. You are locked on magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 15th, 2019. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at, or follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about what Steve Clifford's talking about right there, the Orlando Magic's poor weekend efforts what that means for the team moving forward, and how this team is going about correcting it. It's perhaps a sign of some bigger problems, maybe? Probably not. Maybe, I don't know, it's preseason. Who who really knows, anyway? We'll talk a little bit about that coming up here. We'll also talk a little bit about the team moving forward and what kind of one of the big picture storylines for this season is and what's going to be the key to ultimate success here in the 2020 season. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast coming to the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast for every team in the NBA with a local expert who knows their team best, just like I do here for Locked On Magic. Want to get a leg up on the Miami Heat, Thursday's opponent? You can check out Locked On Heat. They'll talk all about the Heat's win over the Atlanta Hawks, make you pine for Tyler Hero, I am sure. There's also Locked On NBA for the national perspective and Locked On Face Basketball to get you set for your fantasy basketball season. In addition to the NBA, there's also Locked On Team and National Podcasts for the NFL, MLB, colleges, and yes, now the NHL too. No matter what your sport, no matter what your team, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered. Check out all the great Locked On Podcasts wherever you download podcasts today. Remember the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
Monday's practice was a lot of kind of settling back down, I think. The Magic went to the tape. They watched the tape, what what was useful of it at least, and got a sense of just what they needed to work on coming out of what was a poor, poor game. Yes, Orlando was without three of their best players in Nikola Vucevic, Terrence Ross, and Evan Fournier. And those three players happened to be three of the key offensive players, so maybe some of the offensive struggles were not so much of a surprise. But this weekend's game clear, games clearly left a sour taste in everyone's mouth. I talked a little bit about it on yesterday's podcast when I recapped those games, but I chose to focus on Markel Fultz, one of the few bright spots, because that's someone that does move the needle. But undoubtedly, it was a series of games where the Magic let go of the rope a little bit, perhaps, or just didn't play with the force and defensive intensity that they need to have. They struggled to shoot against Atlanta, too, remember, and yet it still felt like they dominated that game thanks to their defense. To be sure, Orlando wants to dominate on that defensive end first and foremost. That's where everything starts for the Orlando Magic. And so, Friday and Sunday's games were a disappointment, if not seemingly a step back in some way. So, the tape was going to show exactly what Steve Clifford wanted to see or suspected that he saw. The Magic just didn't play well. The Magic just didn't do the things they need to do to win. They didn't play the way they know they have to play to win. And the bottom line is, the lesson from these games is Orlando has to find a way. In this league, uh, you know, your spacing is your shooting. You know, it's the difference between, say, high school and college where they just kind of play a base defense. And in the NBA, these guys are locked into personnel. They're older. They're smarter players. And they guard you to where you can shoot from. And you take those three guys off the floor. um, Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you've got to be able to find ways to draw help. And those would be three of the guys on our team of the top four that would have the ability to do that. So undoubtedly, being without those three players really mattered. And and it's important to know that it's very clear how how quickly the Magic could be in trouble if they do face injuries to the wrong guys or the wrong combination of guys. The Magic have better depth. And Clifford acknowledged this on Monday when he talked about about the team a little bit more, that he has some difficult decisions to make if he's going to stick to a nine-man rotation, which he probably will. There are going to be some good players left out of the rotation, But the Magic still have to have those key guys. Having said all that, the Magic still have to find a way. And it's no excuse for the way the Magic played defensively and no excuse for the way the Magic were unable to generate any push offensively or find any way offensively. Orlando did get some nice spurts. There's no doubt about it. Markel Fultz provided a lot of really good energy. He was someone that Steve Clifford did signal out for having a good game on Sunday. But obviously, there's still a lot of work to do. And obviously, there is some concern after two, you know, blowout losses. And it's not that they were blowout in the final results. They were blowouts from the start. There is concern a little bit 
with how the team played in those games. Monday was a light practice. Steve Clifford said that they went non-contact. Everyone participated. It's still to be seen whether Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross both both missed Sunday's game with sprained ankles, as well as Evan Fournier, who had back spasms, will be ready to go for Tuesday's practice, which will be a little bit more intense, and Wednesday's practice, which will also be a contact practice ahead of Thursday's preseason game. Because Orlando's preseason schedule was so front-loaded, they really haven't had multiple days of practice in a row in quite some time. They haven't had the chance to get those reps back in. And so, if you're building your offense and your defense from scratch, which, you know, the, the Magic are to a certain extent, not having the time to reinforce the good habits allows the bad habits to creep in a little bit. Perhaps allows everyone to be a little more lax and, and you know, certainly preseason, maybe they, they, they're, they're more willing to let go of the rope knowing that there's time to get things back under wraps. It is the last two games, for sure, and I would honestly argue the Hawks game as well, showed a little bit of slippage. Slippage that practice is designed to get back under control. I think it's it's uh, you know, it's good for us to have some uh, you know, practice time now. You know, we played all, a lot of our games early. We have one more against Miami, which will be a good challenge for us. And then uh, the practice will be great. You know, kind of get back to our basics, work on little things. Uh, you know, those always help. And I think you know, right before the season starts, you know, make sure we get all the details in. You know, work on our defense, our offense. Now again, you know, you know, obviously game one, you're not going to be you no know, all the way, you know, like ready, ready. The goal is to get better as the season goes on. And uh, I think that's uh, that's what we need to do. I mean, uh, you know, we want to be as close as possible to our best, and uh, you know, build on it. But uh, you know, there's been some positives, you know, that so far in the preseason, you know, we had some guys miss certain games and practices. But I think this last, you know, eight to ten days, how many ever are left, uh, we can really use it to put in some good work, and uh, you know, get uh, get ready for the season opener. Magic center Nikola Vucevic there after practice on Monday. Orlando definitely does need to get some of these elements under control. The defense is noticeably slipped, obviously, giving up 100 points in the last two games. Not quite Orlando Magic defense, especially with the way that they played earlier in the preseason. The ball movement has certainly stopped. The Magic are are fouling a lot more, and it's easy to say that, yes, the team has regressed a bit. Now, none of this is perhaps overly surprising. Disappointing, maybe a little frustrating, but not overly surprising. It is preseason. They have played a lot of games in a short amount of time for the preseason. They haven't had the chance to get back into practice and kind of fine-tune some things. And, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it is just preseason. Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier haven't had great preseasons. But they're the players that I worry least about. Honestly, watching the way Aaron Gordon's getting some of his shots, the way he played in the first three games, it's going to be a lot different than the way he's played in the last two. I think the shot distribution, Jonathan Isaac's taken 12 shots. The shot distribution, when we get to the regular season, is going to be different. The strategy, the approach, is going to be different. What the Magic are experiencing, including some of the fouling and the turnovers, is typical of the preseason. 
Orlando didn't have that early on because I think they were playing kind of on just kind of raw, you know, just raw, just get out there, roll the ball out and play. Now they might be trying to work on some things. They might be trying to fine-tune some things. They might be trying to look at specific kinds of lineups and specific kinds of things. And especially when you're working with combinations that don't know each other and, of course, with guys out, that's really changed things for this team, especially at shooting. When that happens, you're going to have mistakes. That doesn't excuse the fouling. That doesn't excuse the poor rebounding. That doesn't excuse the poor transition defense. Those are habits that have to be established and have to be drilled. That's part of what practice is going to do. But it remains that a big part of what comes next for the Orlando Magic it's just a veteran understanding of what comes next. As worried as Steve Clifford seems and, and, and feels about this team and about where they're at and the way they've played, that's the coach. The players don't seem overly concerned with what's happened lately. Uh, it's preseason. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, this is where you want to struggle. This is where you want to get better. Uh, obviously, some of the lineups have been a little awkward and different things like that. But, uh, I mean, I don't even want to say that because it is preseason. You know what I mean? Um, uh, obviously, you want to, uh, you know what I mean? You do want to, you know, in front of your fans and everything like that, have a good uh, performance and everything like that. But at the same time, you want to work on what you need to work on. So uh, sometimes you allow stuff to go on and linger longer than it's supposed to or whatever the case might be. So sometimes it feels a little more inflated when it's the preseason. But, uh uh, this is why we're doing it, you know what I mean? So guys get rep, we get to try out different liners, see what works, see who works well together, different things like that. And sometimes you got to get that stuff on time. So uh, obviously, you know, coach could coach a different way and, you know what I mean, make sure that the games are close and we're being competitive and everything like that. But like I said, it's preseason. You want to uh, get those little necks out, uh, get the little fever out of you and uh, start playing uh, NBA basketball. Al Camino there. Obviously, there, there is that transition, and maybe we were a little spoiled by how quickly the Magic seemed to click and gel in those first three games, and maybe the Magic's idea is to, to kind of bottle that up and, and, and put that on reserve. I don't think this is a team that can turn on and off the switch that easily. I do think that they need to be moving in the right direction, and certainly it's hard to say that they are after these last two games. It's you know One would be a blip, two is a pattern, unfortunately. But Aminu is also right. Aminu is right. It is just preseason. The Magic are probably working on things and playing a certain way, you know, within close to how they want to play, but they're not playing completely the way they're going to play in the regular season. I, I would note that Nikola Vucevic hasn't gotten the same kinds and amounts of touches that he will get when the regular season begins, when he's played at least. And certainly the lineups that the Magic threw out there and the rotations they use in both the Boston and the Philadelphia game are probably not the rotations that they will use when the regular season begins if they meet those situations. I personally would venture to guess that they wanted to test Mo Bamba in the starting lineup, but when the regular season begins, if Vucevic has to miss any games, Ken Birch will get that nod. That's my gut instinct. That's honestly how I would play it. And... More than likely, you also ride lineups or stick to a set rotation rather than make strategic adjustments because at this point of the year, it is still more about you than it is about the game plan against the opponent. Again, 
This is not to excuse poor effort. This is not to excuse a lack of attention to detail because all that stuff is important and every outing, every time out there is a chance to build good habits. And those good habits were what became necessary for the Magic to win when it mattered. But at the same time, as Steve Clifford readily admitted, clearly the formula they had was not perfect. It got them through the regular season, but when they got to the playoffs, when they got to the moments that mattered, something didn't click. And so yes, the Magic are trying different things to see what works, and maybe what they tried these last two games didn't work, plain and simple. Again, I would still argue that the start of those games were extremely discouraging and 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 do raise some serious questions. But it is still just preseason. And even Steve Clifford will acknowledge that it is still just preseason. And so you take the information you can, you take it with a grain of salt, good or bad, and you move forward. Like I told them today, there's two ways you can do it. You know, you can overreact, which you're not going to do either way, okay? Either good nor bad, or you can look at the film, get the facts, and then, and then you know, go from there. And that's the way, we did, that's the way we're going to do it. So we weren't good last night at either end of the floor. Um, transition, you know, transition defense wasn't good. We had a couple guys that did some good things. But, uh, you know, I mean, we're going to have to play a lot better than that. Steve Clifford, once again, uh, after practice on Monday, following the Magic's 126-94 loss to the Boston Celtics, or to the Philadelphia 76ers on Sunday. The Magic have just one preseason game left to work out these irons before things actually start to count. I am still fairly confident the Magic will be ready for the pre-se- for the regular season. I still can say with confidence that the Magic still have things to work on. Their offense is a little bit different. There's a lot more movement and a lot more pace to it. That's going to take some timing. And so while the things seem to be working really well early on, some of the new wrinkles they may have added, as well as the absence of some key players, it's put a wrench in some things. Maybe force them to go back to the drawing board, and that's why these practices the next few days are so vital. It's the second training camp almost, and certainly the week leading up to the regular season will be the last chance to really fine-tune things before you start getting into the grind. You have to value this practice time as much as possible and get the most out of it. There's one more game left. I won't say that it is must-win. I won't say that it is necessarily must, you know, bleed at halftime or whatever you want to say. The score isn't the relevant part. The relevant part is to look ready and make progress and fix some of these issues that were issues in this game, in these games. That should be the easy part, to be honest. But with the way they played the last two games, you can't take anything for granted anymore. And perhaps that's the biggest lesson of all of this. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when you enter the code LOCKEDON at checkout. Again, that's $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com. Enter the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. 
No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. It's the last two games have brought a bit of a maybe wake up call to the Orlando Magic or, or to, to at least a view of the Orlando Magic. There is still a bright future with this team, I think. Still one of the youngest starting lineups to make the playoffs last year. It's still a team that's full of 21, 22, 25-year-old players who figure to be big pieces of this team and, and certainly big pieces of this team moving forward. When we talk about the Orlando Magic of, say, 2022, 2023, you know, you know, two, three years down the road, we are mostly talking about Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz and Mo Bamba. Those are the key players. Those are the players that we are watching closely. Those are the players who can develop and reach a ceiling that doesn't seem like it's really defined quite yet. And I've certainly argued that, that for especially for Aaron Gordon, this could be a defining year for him. And so, Friday and Sunday were discouraging, not merely for the results, but also for what they represent as far as where this team's future might be. Again, it's preseason, so don't read too much into it, but Aaron Gordon had free reign to take all the shots he wanted. And he was 3 for 26. He got in the post, tried there, didn't work. Tried attacking off the dribble, didn't work. Nothing seemed to work for Aaron Gordon. I would report that Jonathan Isaac didn't fare much better. He also struggled to shoot in Sunday's game. And while he is better on the ball, no one is handing him the keys to the offense. He will get some more plays run for him, but the key to his development is still as a three-point shooter. Marco Fultz has certainly been impressive, but his jumper is still a work in progress, and this year is more about building confidence anyway. And Mo Bamba, while physically fit, fit and better suited for the NBA, still has a lot of work to do. It is for this reason that ESPN's future power rankings, uh, an analysis of the Magic's future assets and where they stand as a team, so kind of a power rankings looking two, three years down the road, kept the Magic at number 20. They stayed in the same spot. Perhaps partly because they didn't add any new players. Uh, that, that, that would really severely affect their future. But they stayed in the same spot despite making the playoffs a year ago. 
And that's frankly because the playoff run was catalyzed by Nikola Vucevic, 28 years old, Evan Fournier, 26 years old, and Terrence Ross, 28, 29 years old. The Magic are a young team, but it's their veterans that keep them afloat. This is honestly, you know, I, 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 I do get people who, who say this, it is honestly a fair criticism of the Magic. Yes, they made the playoffs, but how they made the playoffs feels like puts a ceiling on the team. Everyone talks about avoiding the treadmill of mediocrity. Doubling down on this team to some people feels like submitting to that treadmill. I would argue that it's a little more complex than that, obviously, but and, and certainly partly because the Magic have been out of the playoffs for so long, but I get that sentiment, and I don't disagree with it. Sean Marks, who, who wrote the write-up for ESPN on, that, on those future power rankings, said, you know, they've got some nice young players. It's still a veteran-led team, but the X-factors here are Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. If those two guys take steps and progress, then all of a sudden this Magic team looks much more dangerous, looks like a much more dangerous threat. In fact, I would say that anyone who's who's saying that the Magic could compete for home court advantage is likely projecting that Jonathan Isaac competes for most improved player or, or takes a leap in his game, and that Markel Fultz will realize some of his some of his potential. And honestly, from what we've seen so far in the preseason, that certainly feels like the case. It certainly feels like Fultz is going to be able to contribute something this season. And I will go ahead and throw Aaron Gordon's name in there. I know he struggled the last two games, but the way Gordon played in the first set of games, where he played kind of within himself, he didn't take guys off the dribble as much, didn't have the ball in his hands a ton. He was more working as a slasher and spot-up shooter. I think Gordon can remain very, very effective. I think he could have a very big year. And with his defense and ability to run the floor, he's going to score plenty and have a major impact on games. To be sure then, what this future power ranking thing means to me is everyone is really unsure what to make of the Magic's young players. Isaac, Bamba are so raw and still developing their their skills, but the promise is clearly there. Aaron Gordon is beginning to reach his potential. Zach Lowe, I think, put it best in his League Pass power rankings. One of the more interesting subplots of Aaron Go- watching Aaron Gordon is, is watching him kind of battle his demons. And, and I thought the way that Zach Lowe described it is, is really how I've, how, you know, really on point. It's how I would just, uh, you know, close to how I would describe it. Gordon has to kind of put, put aside some of his more individual urges on offense. And it's, it's a battle. It's, you, you see him kind of battling it and looking for his spots and you might have to give him one or two of them a game just to, just to satisfy that itch, just to scratch that itch. And honestly, you hope he misses the early one so he doesn't keep doing it. To be sure then, if the Magic are going to compete for home court advantage, to get out of the first round, 
It's not going to be because Nikola Vucevic is an all-star again. It's not going to be because Evan Fournier returns to his mean. It's not going to be because Terrence Ross competes for and is a favorite to win sixth man of the year. None of those things will determine the Magic's fate in 2020. To me, what matters for the Orlando Magic, what will be the difference, what will be the X factor, what will change this team's outlook for the future and both the short and the long term is whether those young players step up in a major way this season. I have personally singled out Gordon because I think Gordon is primed to take that leap. I think Isaac's still a little ways away. I think he's still getting used to things, and I think the Magic giving him more offense will you know, begin to show seeds of what he can be. Again, it's a big year for Isaac, too. I think, I think those seeds are really important. Fultz is simply building confidence this year. So I, I'm not expecting... A, I know some people want to anoint Fultz the starter immediately, and I think the Magic are avoiding acquiring another point guard because they envision Fultz as the starter uh, next year, if not a little bit further down, the, if not relatively soon. But it's... It, it's not something I'm counting on. I, I would put it that way. There is no getting around it, though. As the Magic signed Terrence Ross and Nikola Vucevic to four-year deals, Evan Fournier's got at least one, maybe two years left on his contract. As important as they are to this team, and clearly they are important, they aren't the future. They aren't what's going to tip the scales between a, a nice playoff team with, with a first-round exit, perhaps, and a team that can really compete, get to that second round win that division title again, get home court advantage. If the Magic want to change, the Magic can change all their narratives, all these perceptions about their that themselves by going out there and playing at that high level that we know that they can play at, that we think they can play at, especially their young players. This team has staked its future on those young players. They've paid the veterans to give them support, to kind of keep the boat steady as they develop and grow. But this team goes as far as those young players go, as far as those young players develop. And if you're the national media, sure sounds like you're sitting and waiting to see what that looks like before you invest yourself. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. 
I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, the Google Play app, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. The Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag is open. We'll be taking questions and hopefully answering them before the regular season begins. Submit your questions on Twitter at omagicdaily or by email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. Great way to get in touch with the show there. But that's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Mike. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.